We're so excited to have Catherine, AKA Mama Kate, doctor, mummy, wife, and entrepreneur. I think we need a mic drop there on the first series of the Mama Magic podcast brought to you by the Glow Mama Awards. So Kate, you've been a part of the Glow Mama community from day one. In the first and third year, you were nominated for Best Community Group for Mums Pride, which you are the co-founder of. And you recently won Best Mumpreneur at the fourth annual Glow Mama Awards. What do these nominations and your most recent win mean to you? Wow. <laughs> we're going straight into it. <laughs> wow. Even just listening, it's like, who are you talking about? <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> wow no thank you very much first of all to for even giving me this opportunity to even speak about these things um that I thank god I've been having the opportunity to do and in terms of being nominated just being nominated just means being recognized it's huge it's huge I was telling people at the awards night that this is a lot and as you said we were nominated on the first and the third the second year we were not nominated and I was there because for me, it's like about the communities, about the people, it's yeah. about celebrating each other. It doesn't yeah. matter if the light is upon me or not. The yeah. fact that I know you, you know me, we're supporting each other, for me is a win-win. That's it, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, but being recognized, of course, it feels good. Everybody likes to be recognized and <laughs> receive some kind of shiny award or see your picture on the screen with so many other amazing people. It means a lot, especially because we were nominated with other great community groups. Um, it kind of also validated what we do because for some people, they plan to start something. For me, I kind of started it and then developed. It was really word of, till today, Mums Pride, it is a community group of mums and the way we've been growing is by word of mouth. Um, so it's, there's no application, there is no um, publicity that we're doing for it mainly. It's like, oh, that's my friend. Even when I say people's names on the phone, I'm like, I could put Agnes, <laughs> Agnes friend, so, so, so Mums Pride. That's how we all relate to each other. And building that community and sisterhood for me, that's important. And the fact that you were able to put a platform on it and to shine the light on sisterhood is very important. And it's what, for me, it's about. It's about creating that platform, creating that family, creating that environment. And on top of that, <laughs> the last one, I was genuinely shocked. <laughs> if you remember, I literally just <laughs> came into it and walked on You were late. So let's, let's go for, for those that are tuning in and trying to understand why she was also so shocked was because she was actually late. So they yeah. were And of course, um, as um, Katie has said, you know, she's been with us from day one. So from the first annual Global Mama Awards, they were nominees. From the second annual Global Mama Awards, she was there shaking a leg. From the third annual Glow Mama Awards again, she was a nominee. And then the fourth annual Glow Mama Awards, a nominee again, but for a different category. And so what had happened was she was there with her husband. I believe you were in the foyer eating and, and, and having some Prosecco or something. And everyone late. So she came in and obviously was late. And you know, you're thinking, oh, let me quickly pick up my drink before I go and sit down. Um, and so they announced the, the winner. And I'm obviously there at the front looking around like, where is, where, where is she? Is she here? Where, where is, is this girl? 
And somebody in the crowd said, you know what? We're going to go and look out um, and oh see if better. And I, I thought that you, I just thought you wasn't there because we hadn't communicated like that. And then all of a sudden I just see you coming in with your <laughs> hand covering your face and your mouth on the floor. Like, what? What? And Honestly, like, someone came out. It was like, Katie, they're calling you. And I was like, why? What did I do? Like, it wasn't even like, oh, I won. It was more like, what did I do? Why are they calling me? So then I originally was like pushed in inside it. And then I heard like, oh, Dr. Katie, you've won. And I was like, oh my. So this one means even more for me because it literally, I, I even put myself forward to be nominated and it's not usual for me because seeing myself as a mompreneur is not something I've always seen myself as. It's something that I have to learn to call myself that you know when you have to like learn who you are and put a name on it you know it's not about boasting but it's about you know this is who I am and this is what I'm here for and this is how I can connect with you if you're not clear about yourself then how are you going to reach your aim or do anything with what you know you put your hands into so for me being recognized for that against other people that are doing way more in my eyes have so many more followers as well I didn't think I stood a chance. So it, it was a blessing, a blessing. And it came at a good time in life. You know, life is happening for everyone. And with everything that I've gone through in the last year, it was really good way to celebrate all the hard work that we put into. And actually have someone to say, look, you're doing well. You know, what you're doing is working. So it meant a lot, it meant a lot. Oh, we're so happy. Um, I feel like, you know, we've spoken about so much and I really want to get into your story like your background like how you know from you know becoming a mum like what was that like mm -hmm. for you and what's your journey been like from you know becoming a mum you're a doctor you know just even hearing those words mum and doctor in the same sentence and me knowing how long medical school takes mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff you know what was your journey into motherhood ah story story <laughs> <laughs> My son is now 10 years old. So that is a long journey. Even to say there's like ah, a whole decade. But um, it literally started when I started medical school. Um, I went to uni here in London and I got pregnant in my third year. Now, for those that may not be familiar with how it works, it's usually five years, that's the standard. But I was on a six year course um, just because of difficulties I had before in terms of my um, GCSEs, which at the end I ended up getting. But taking a step back, I was born in Italy and I came to this country when I was 13 and um, was kind of shoved into whatever classes. And I had to fight to get to the level where I believed I was because I was doing pretty well in Italy. But because of the language barrier, I had to learn English, by the way. So it was, it, there was so many different levels and obstacles to kind of get over. So getting to uni, medicine is like, they want these kind of grades. And I was, I was hoping to get them, but I didn't get into all other unis. So anyways, it's meant to be six years. After the th first three years, you go into clinics, meaning you actually start having experience in the hospital. And that's when your girl got pregnant. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's the wrong time. Like, it's the wrong time. So literally, it was, and, and I was with the father of my child back then. We were together in a relationship. But it was hard. Like, we were both really young, like 21 years old. For me, it was very young, looking back. And we wanted to live our best lives in uni. You know, we still had a long way ahead. And for me, 
it was that thing that the whole world is telling you you can give up. It makes sense, okay? Medicine is hard. You're pregnant. It's okay. Do something else that's not as hard. Even my mom, I remember she was like, why don't you do something different that will take you just three years? But I always wanted to be a doctor. It's that boring thing of, yeah, I always wanted to be a doctor since I was young. It's true. That's all I knew. I couldn't see myself doing anything else because I knew I would be good at that. Um, but I had, it was just my mindset. There was no way this child was going to stop me from achieving what I wanted. Actually, because I have a child, I'm going to show you I can do more. It was that mindset. There's no, it was very tunnel vision, which works in these kind of situations, not in everything. Um, so yeah, so it was a struggle being the only pregnant person in uni. I was in all, in all kind of um, societies you can think of, as in ACS, Gospels, um, <laughs> Mentoring, Ambassador, um, like I was doing the Valley show. I was in everything, sports. Why am I, why am I not surprised? <laughs> I think AKA dot, dot, dot in the beginning. Honestly, I was doing, t- I was doing the most. I was doing the most. I don't know where I had the time to even pass my exams, but I just enjoyed doing this. I enjoy being busy. I've always been busy since I was younger. And yeah. I took a year out when I had my son and I went back. I went back and I thank God that my parents were there to support me because people are like, oh, how'd you do it? Like black and white, you need the support. It's mm. hard when you don't have the support. Having said that, I felt very alone. So someone can be like, why do you feel alone when your mom is there? I did because no one was going through what I was going through. No one was a 21-year-old mother who is still trying to study, still trying to make it. All my friends are finished after three years, whereas I'm still here trying to make it and finishing a year after the people I started with. So I was in uni for seven years um, and then started, you know, doing my training and by God's grace, now I'm a GP. So it has Wow, hold been... on. We need a mic drop <laughs> just for that. Can you repeat the last sentence, please? I, you are I, now what? I am now a GP. <laughs> <laughs> You're squeaking. No. No, we really need to amplify that part because, you know, there you was, you know, you came over when you were 13, didn't speak English, you know, having, and when you, when you think about it in the UK at 13, that's when you're picking your option for GCSE. Yeah. And yeah. I believe it's year nine, you probably came over around year yeah. nine. Literally, yeah. middle so of in year nine, in the in middle of year nine as well, you're picking your options about what you're going to study in year 10 and year 11 for your GCSEs. And then those GCSEs lead on to your a-levels and then you're mm-hmm. A-levels are what determine, you know, what university so you're going to. So it's such a, a, a challenging time, you know, for it was. students at that time. So yeah. there you are, you come over when you're 13, not speaking any English at such a challenging time. You pick up the, the vocabulary and obviously you do the best that you can do um, to get the grade. So you, you're already overcoming to get mm. into you get into university and I can imagine why you're in so many groups. Obviously that's your character anyway, but then knowing that when you were 13, you couldn't even speak English and there you are in an English university yeah. studying your dream subject. Why yeah. would you not be living your best life? Why would you not it's be part of all the groups you would be? And then you find out you're pregnant at 21, which, you know, in the UK, yes, you're technically an adult, but that is still for us a young mum. You know, you, you've just yeah. started adulting and not properly. Literally. Um, you then spend seven years, and I'm summarising, I know you said this all, but I just... <laughs> like, 
for those that are listening, like we really need to take a moment, you know, you then, you know, have a baby go back in after a year um, and push forward. And then, you know, you're now a, a, a GP. You never gave up on your, your dreams. No. What, 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 where did you find the strength? Because yes, you can say that is what you do, but where did that, where did that place, that perseverance, that I, I know I can do this. I mm. have to keep on pushing through. Yeah. Where did you find that foundation? Where do you know you- what? It was my mum. Um, and that's why whenever I have an event or anything, she's there, I bring her out because she is the definition of perseverance. Um, I come from an Af- African household. My parents are Nigerian. Um, so I grew up with the, the tunnel vision. They are the one who structured it, where if you have good education, the world is your oyster. That's what my dad used to say. The world is your oyster if you have a good education. And the perseverance and the, and the one-way mindset came from both of them, especially my mom, because she's the one that actually took both her kids to a whole different country. When I came to the UK, my dad did not want to come because he didn't like, <laughs> he doesn't like the UK because of the history of Nigeria. So he was like, yeah, I'm not coming. My mom brought us and she was, and she was a housewife in Italy. She had a really good job in Nigeria became a housewife in Italy and now she's a healthcare assistant. So she felt like I want something better for my children that she knew we would not be able to achieve in Italy, which is true. Look at where they are now. I love that country, but when it comes to opportunities, it would have been very difficult for me as a black woman, basically being a woman and being black, it would have been very difficult and to find a job. So my mom brought us here with the idea that I'm gonna do better for my kids and nothing's gonna stop me. So I always saw that in her when she puts her mind to something she would do. And I've always been like that. Even when it comes to my studies, if I don't get something right, I'll come back to it. So it's that mindset that we have all created where if you believe it, you can achieve it. And I'm, <laughs> and that's why some people might call me crazy, because if I think I can, I, I will. Tr- you will see me trying. If Katie says that she thinks she's going to fly, best believe she's going to try and fly. And, and it's not like I'm going to succeed. But if it's in my head and I have a plan and I can see it being done, there's absolutely nothing you can tell me. So the same thing when I got pregnant and then they were like, oh, it's going to be very hard. I fully know it's going to be hard, but there is no absolute way that you're going to see me not try my hardest and succeeding by that. And I think that's such a valid point because sometimes, you know, I can think of situations I've been in where people tell me oh that's going to be hard and I always say well you know what actually staying the same and living that regret will also be hard for me Mm -hmm. so I've got to make a choice between which hard I want do I want the hard where I try and even if I don't succeed I can tick that off my list and say I tried something that I really wanted to do it didn't work out for me and I can move on or do I want the hard where I live the rest of my life in regret thinking you know what I I really had an opportunity here and I didn't perceive it and I think for me um it's quite similar like I always have that that you know I I I, I staying still and not doing what is on my heart is mm. harder than actually yeah through. yeah it's kind of like that picture that goes around that says oh what if you can't but darling what if you can what if she could and I feel like that's that's my mindset and that's something that's instilled and that's what I'm instilling in my child that don't say you can't you know let let try obviously and depending on what it is but try and if you can't then you know you can't because right now you're just limiting yourself there's already enough limitations in this world please thank you 
and adding my own it's not going to help it's just going to limit me and I thank God look at where I am now if I limited yeah. myself 10 years ago I can't now be wing queen Dr Katie I wouldn't be and what would your advice be then to any kind of um, students who find themselves in a similar situation and they're pregnant mm-hmm. um, and they're studying you know what would your advice be to them like when you when you reflect back on on your own kind of story and your own situation so that's the funny thing because that's how mom's pride actually grew and that's because if I hear anyone that says they can't it triggers me the first thing I would say is let's talk Let's talk about it. I want to know where that fear comes from. Because it comes from somewhere. No one was born scared. That's what you see little children picking spiders and snakes. Like you are not born scared of things, (laughs) you know. My best advice, and it depends on situation to situation, is to unlearn that fear. Unlearn that mindset. Because it comes from somewhere. So whatever limitations you've put there, we need to unpick them one by one. And seeing that someone has done it, seeing that it is possible, it's not impossible. Nothing in this world is impossible. There's so many things that we thought, oh, you couldn't do this and look at where we are now. Mm? So nothing is actually impossible when you have the right support. And obviously I wish I could be the financial, the physical, emotional and spiritual support for everybody. And I obviously can't. But that's where we help each other. That's how you build a community. Where I can't help you, I may know someone that can. You know, I'm going to refer you to Agnes. I'm going to refer you to Rachel. I'm going to refer you to someone else. And that's why I bring them into this community. Because then they will learn that, look, where there's more than one of us in similar situation, there is power. And there is always someone that's in a maybe better or worse situation than you. And for me, it's that I, I know I did not go through all these hard times for nothing I believe that everything happens for a reason and I went through this so I can encourage someone and I'll tell them my story you know I'll tell them my story and they can it's easy to say oh yeah you had your mom so that's why it was easier but it, my, my mom was not feeding me my mom was not putting the spoon in my mouth my mom was not studying for me my mom was you know she, yes I she was there but then I didn't have for example what is available to you which is a community I didn't have that. I didn't have someone to speak to, to encourage me. I had to encourage myself, which we all have to do sometimes in life. Listening to you and understanding your frame of mind and the way that you, you know, take on a challenge. I think that is Mm. so inspiring Um, Mm. because one thing about life is you are going to be tested. Like that is a given. And what I really love hearing about you and your story is that in each of the times when you are challenged, you rise Mm. up to that challenge and Mm -hmm. and, you know I think that is so so fantastic you've spoken a lot about mum's pride so for those that are listening right now you know what is mum's pride if they wanted to join the mum's pride community how do they go about doing it um and again you said that that's why you started it what did you start like can you elaborate on when you went from okay you you had your child um Mm -hmm. obviously you know you're a GP but when did you feel like there was a need for a community? And was there any, wasn't there any other communities like that at the time? So, yeah, I'll start with that. Um, I finished uni when my son was about three years old. And that's when I said, I, I need people around me because I'm finding this hard. There was no community at that time. I was not aware of any. Um, and I lived in Southeast London. What was interesting was the fact that I wasn't, 
with at one point I wasn't with my father's uh, my father's child and I just felt alone I just felt like I'm finding this hard because I'm a single mom well at that time I was finding it this hard because I'm not married so it's that 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 view that oh if you're married you're having it easy because that's what we see we see all these married couples taking nice pictures with their family and matching clothes and I wasn't doing that until I spoke to my cousin who is a married woman now with two kids and she was finding things hard and I was like huh <laughs> like that's how I wrong with your marriage because as far as I'm aware once you're married things are easy but she was like no there's nothing wrong with me and my husband it's just hard like I still have to do what I need to do I still have to be a mother and that's tiring and the fact that we were able to speak that same language opened up my eyes that oh my goodness I felt so good speaking to her like she understood because I felt like no one can understand unless you're a single mom and you're crying every day like me then you won't understand and I didn't know anyone that was doing that so that's where the the thought of okay we need more people because it actually is it's helpful it feels good to speak to people that are in the same situation and it does not matter clearly your status of relationship so that's how I start, I start meeting other moms. <laughs> Once I got pregnant, a few months after, my other friend down the road got pregnant. I'm telling you, there was a virus in 2012. There was a baby virus. You know what? COVID. I gave birth in 2012 as well. So now that you're saying you're sick, you're sick. I have my first child. That's it, what I'm telling you. Forget that, COVID. That water, <laughs> that water, yeah, that water, there was a pandemic going on. Honestly. So that's where the need of community came from. And I was really, and you know my personality, I'm a people's person. I love being around people, good energies, like, um, like-minded people, like-minded women. I have an amazing time around them. So that's how my friend was like, oh, yeah, my other friend as well, my cousin, my, my auntie, my this and that. And that's how the community started. And to explain to those that are listening, Mom's Pride is that, is a platform for mothers. It does not matter your, where you come from. It doesn't matter how old you are. As long as you're a mom, you're welcome. And me being a Christian as well, this is my ministry. This is the way I'm showing and spreading the love of God. But it's not a, it's not like a Christian community, but it's Christian based. So we have moms that are also non-Christian. Um, what was interesting is that 99% of these mothers are also black. And it's not that, that I went out looking for them, but then that's the community that I found myself into and that's who we were attracting, um, which was quite interesting. And it opened up many other things and many other opportunities from that. But to be able to join us, we are on social media. That's how we've got part of Glow Mama as well. You can find us on Mom's Pride team. And you just send us a DM and then we message you and then that's it, you're part of a WhatsApp group. And we have many different WhatsApp groups. We have a mom doctors, because I figured out that a lot of these friends are actually my <laughs> friends from uni who now are married with kids. So we have about 20, 25 women who are doctors, moms. We have the loud group, the silent group, and then we subdivided into location because what we want to do is actually feel like it's a smaller community as well because sometimes you can be a, a small fish in a big pond the bigger it gets um we have about 170 women now so it can get that way but once i speak to i speak to everyone directly anyone that's part of the group has spoken to me directly and i'm kind of make it open make it what it works for you if you want to sell your business do that if you want to talk about a topic we do that if you want to ask about where can you get the next hair or the next weave or the next eyelashes 
we do that. If you want to talk about weaning for your child, we talk about that. So literally anything that you will talk about your mommy friend about, we speak about it in that group. And why do you think, I mean, I'm going back to 2012, there was nothing like that. I cannot remember having any WhatsApp groups or community groups um, in in that way um, that I felt connected to. There probably were groups out there, like maybe the mainstream ones, Mm -hmm. but not ones that I probably felt like, you know, they're, I don't know, they resonate with me. Mm -hmm. What impact does it have for mothers um, having groups like this, like from your experience? um, And what do you think you would have done for you if you had had these kind of community groups um you know back in 2012 when you started out on your Hmm. journey do you know what it will have made things way easier I see moms talking now about all these little things I was like I I didn't even know about these winning methods when (laughs) when my child was young I didn't know there was different high chairs I didn't know there was different soaps and cream like I didn't know all of that I think it would have made things easier um when I was mothering I had to discover a lot of things myself or use whatever my mom's Nigerian ways that she knew you know some of them that I did not agree with (laughs) and I had to fight them so I didn't have anyone to bounce ideas for but most importantly it's my mental health I've seen and that's from people's experience because we do ask for feedback to see how is this catering to you you know Um, and they do say that it's really helped their mental health it's really helped to have mothers in the group that are going through similar things not everybody has to struggle like you know not everyone is always low sometimes you are happy sometimes you want to go out and meet someone for coffee sometimes you want to start a business and that's what I tell people that if you want to start a business you already have 169 people that are willing to support you straight away you want to ask feedback do so there's people that are doing research do so you're working from home with no business there's other people at different times of the night as well who are currently at home or possibly breastfeeding. So I think I wouldn't have struggled as much as I did. Anyone that becomes a mother, you don't leave a hospital with a to do um, how to take care of a child booklet or pamphlet. But if you are part of a group, then you kind of have that because you already, I've already started certain messages that when I get to this stage, these are the kind of things I could try. So you're already a bit more prepared for what could possibly come. And it just helps to hear other people's experiences in general. You learn from it. You learn so much. And then you find out how small the world is. Because a lot of people found other friends that they knew from back in the days in the group. So there's so much more that it brought that I could have ever imagined. And you've also spoken, or you've touched on it a little bit, but when you was in uni, you was part of the gospel group. Um, you also have spoken a lot about God when you're speaking. You're like, you know, thank God. How much has your faith, you know, been a pillar in your, your journey? And do you want to speak a little bit about that journey for you as well? Definitely. Um, <laughs> I'll, st- I'll, I'll, you know me, I'll be as real as I can. Getting pregnant and not being married is shook me to the core. It shook my faith. Um, I think I self-condemned a lot because even the way the church responded to me at that time, I was part of the choir as well, not just in uni, I was part of the choir in church. And because I was pregnant, I wasn't pause. able to sing. Pause, 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 pause. So there you are, <laughs> pregnant. You are the church girl. Mm. You are the choir 
don't even know what you call it, choir minister, choir. Ah, yes, you're so. in the choir. You're in the choir. And obviously you find out you're pregnant, so you tell your hmm. parents. What was that like? My sister. Like, and, <laughs> and I think it's important because there's a lot of girls and women yeah. that will be listening that will be able to, you know, resonate with your experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what was that like to even have to think, how do I now, you know, go into church and, and you know, explain this situation? I'm telling you, my sister, it was not nice. I felt rejected. It was not explained to me why I couldn't stand there. It was just that, nope, you're pregnant, you're not married, you can't sing. Okay. Oh, that happened straight away. Oh yeah, straight away. It's like, you can't sing. (laughs) And I was like, but that's why I even come to church, (laughs) you know, like that, that's what I love to do. And I didn't understand it. It was never explained. It was just a rule. It was just a rule that I had to live by. And I was very angry and I had to I had to rethink as to why am I even going to church first of all why do I want to be around you people because the church is not the building it's the people and I didn't feel connected to anybody I didn't feel connected because a lot of them were older as well and I just felt like people were judging me um but it's funny because and also it's called there's a cultural part of it and that's where things become a bit gray because in some in some churches things can be a bit more cultural and I just felt judged even if they were not I just felt judged because there was no ring on my finger and when then they knew that I was going back to school ah yes Katie Katie yes yes because you're going back to school you're going to become a doctor yes 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 and I just felt like y'all being fake <laughs> like that that's that's I don't I didn't know how to deal with that and I do feel like it is very important to be in a church that feels like family because families will not judge you I had like in within the church the people of my age were very supportive especially and they knew what was happening out there like find that family that is real that knows what's happening knows the difficulties and the temptations out there when you're in uni and guide you rather than just oh give you rules of what to do and what not to do because you're just pushing someone away so for me it was really really hard as a Christian to even let's say in a way forgive myself for doing something that I truly believed I shouldn't do um but then I think during the journey what God has showed me is that he's never left me you know I I I thank God I got pregnant in a country that gives you benefits you know some people look down on those people that on benefit I was on beneficial benefits all of them housing uh, child task credit all of them I was on all of them because and, and on top of that when it came to nursery they will count my student loan as my earnings and then they will pay that that, that was the 20 percent. they will pay the 80 and I'll have to use my loan to pay the 20 percent for um, nursery so it was hard like I would never look down on anyone that's on benefits I thank God that there are some kind of support because if this was in Italy I wouldn't have that kind of support and I think we need to also like you another point that you just raised her about um, benefits. I always say this: like we are so lucky to be in 100%. the UK. The issue with benefits is when you have a, a challenging time, 
to have a system that can basically hug you because that's literally what it's doing it's not mm-hmm. it's not there to um provide a lifestyle it's that's there it. to provide a, a foundation for you to get back on your feet and that's use it. benefits to do just that you 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 know it wasn't easy you know yes they paid 80 percent, but you still have to use some of your student loan to also for, um you know to you also had to contribute with your student loan in order to pay nursery fees and even though you still get housing benefit you still got to use the little money you have so you're not going to have a lot but there is a a structure of a system in place to be able to support you from going to A to B and a lot of countries you don't get that and I just I really think it's important because sometimes when people are going for a difficult challenge and they have to go and benefit they feel ashamed and it impacts their mental health and they feel like life is over and I always try and tell people that look when you're going through a challenge like that and maybe you have lost your job benefits are there right Mm -hmm. to help lift you back up like now you're a GP you're paying your taxes you know you're 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 contributing you're paying back you know tenfold what you took out of the system when you Mm -hmm. needed it at that point um and 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 you know you're a success story of what benefits can do and yeah. I think for anybody listening who has to go through a, a challenging time or they do lose income or they lose their job and they feel like, oh, no, well, you know, it's over for me now. You know, I'm, I'm in the system. and I'm never going to get back. I really want Katie's story to show you that actually you can continue going through that tunnel yeah. and, and use the, the system that is there for you. It is there for you Absolutely. to get yourself back on track and then you'll be able to recontribute back into society. Absolutely. And it's what you make of it, you know, it's there for you to use for your own benefit. That's what is there. Like that's what benefits are for. You need to benefit from it and use it to step up as well. So everyone will use it as they please and whatever, you know, you decide to do. But that was because I had an end goal. My end goal is to be financially stable, is to be a doctor, is to give my children the best um, lifestyle that I can give. Um, and by the way, I was single for a very long time as well. So I was doing this um, a lot of your, on my own. So it, it, it is possible. And that's why I always say, talk to me first. Let me tell you my story. Let someone tell you about this. Not to be like, oh, yeah, look what, look how I did it. No, it's look what God has done with my life. So things are possible. Things can turn around. Like I want people to believe that your situation can be temporary. And there are things that you yourself has, have to do. You have, may have to change your mindset. You may have to go through that shame, wink, wink of being on benefits. Like I didn't like going to the council with my bags crying that I, I didn't have a home. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I come from an African yeah. household. I was scared for my life. I was like, mm-hmm. no, my father would kill me. He must kill me today. But, you know. <laughs> I love it because I think anyone from an African background or even a migrant background, because a lot of other communities can resonate, mm-hmm. that feeling of going to tell your, your parents, you know, that Agnes, you are pregnant. Let you me keep it real with you. you think you're you're planning your own funeral. Let me keep it real, yeah. I bought a one-way ticket to Italy when I got pregnant. <laughs> no way! I'm not joking. I bu- I was meant to because every summertime I go back to Italy. I was part again <laughs> of another of another program uh, where we were teaching English to Italian children, and I was going to be there for like the two three months that I had. So it was a one-way ticket because I wanted to be there, live my best life for as long as I wanted, and I got pregnant, and I was like, well. 
I guess we are going to Italy because there is no way I'm going to bring this ballet to my father's house. And he didn't know I had a boyfriend. They didn't know I was dating anybody. Katie's boyfriend was books. That's what they taught me. So that's me too. I carried on with that story. And they certainly didn't know anything else. They didn't know any, any dancing was going around. Oh, I was scared for my life. That day, I will never forget that day. It was dramatic. It was, if you guys watch Nollywood, I promise you that was exactly it. I, I got home when I to, after I told, I told my mom, and that's another thing, I prepared myself. I said, I will be able to carry on with the pregnancy and continue going uni if I pass that exam, because I was doing exams as well. So I said, if I pass my exams, then I'll have the courage to tell them because I can't tell them I'm pregnant and I failed. So <laughs> my, my promise to myself was like, God, help me pass and I'll keep this child. <laughs> there was more to it. I won't go into it today, but it was that thing. I had to prepare myself. I did speak to my personal tutor in uni to know what the plans will be. So then when I told my mom, I came correct. I came with a plan, a game plan. And she was like, well, you seem like you, you know what you're doing. But when it came to my dad, it was something else. But we thank God I'm alive today. <laughs> <laughs> you are here giving the story. So we know that you survived. Uh, um, yes. And, and I, I want to touch on, on, on something else because you're saying you're dropping so many little gems. And then I, I want you to expand. <laughs> so you said, you know, that you were single for a long time. You said when I was single, you've spoken about your journey as a single mother. Um, and, you know, the stigmas that are attracted to a single mum who, mm -hmm. yes, you went back in and, and, and was adopted, but you're still a single mum at that time. Yeah. You, you're talking about was in past tense. So what what what, what has happened um, now? Like, what 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 is your situation? What is your situation <laughs> now, you know, from being a single mother um, to, to, to today, 10 years later? Well, what had happened is that I eventually <laughs> opened my heart <laughs> to love. I opened up my heart to love. I opened up my heart to, you don't have to do this by yourself. And by God's grace, met someone and now I'm married. We're not clapping because you're married. We're clapping because you're happily married. Yes. Yes, that's it. Um, I am happy. I, I always dreamt <laughs> of being happy. As weird as that sounds, I dreamt of being happy. And that is my truth. Um, because I wasn't. I was not happy for a very long time. I was looking for the happiness. Like we're all doing. We're all looking for that happiness and peace. And I just felt like, well, Katie, you just have to accept that this is the situation. Find happiness in taking your son on a tour of Europe. Find happiness in making your son happy. You know, because that's what I saw my parents do, especially my mom. As long as your kids are happy, you're fine. It doesn't matter if your marriage is, is whatever. Whereas for me, it's like I wanted a full package. And for a long time, I did. That whole thing of making your child your boyfriend, I did do it. Not actively, but I didn't know. But he was my everything. It was my handbag. Um, and then I thought, no, God, like, I, th I think we can do more. I think there's more to life. And I had to open that door. And that's why a lot of people will find hard because it's difficult to open up that door for another opportunity of, yes, of possibly getting hurt again. But what if you don't? What if you do end up happy? And how, how long did it take for you from splitting up with your partner obviously you're a young mum you're going through 
uni and all the different challenges, you know, uh, financial difficulties, you know, yeah. when does it take for you to feel like you can be vulnerable? Because I think to be, to be in love or to open up your heart to love is you're saying that I'm opening up my heart to being vulnerable. Yeah. And then with everything that vulnerability has, you yeah. know, it can be scary because when you're vulnerable, you can be hurt, you can be betrayed, yeah. um, but you can also fly and be in love. Yeah. Um, to, to, op to open up to vulnerability, it took a long time and I think I'm still learning and that's the honest truth. That's the honest truth. I am still learning to be fully vulnerable, even with my husband, um, because I'm used to doing it by myself. Like even at the beginning, it's like, hello, you don't have to do it by yourself. And I'm like, eh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you can join if you want, <laughs> you know? Uh, and that's the honest truth. I think from breakup to even dating, it took like three years or so. Um, it took a while because it took me a long time to even go over that relationship. I was with my ex for eight years. Um, so it was a long time. We were together for three, then had a child and then broke up some years after that. Um, so it was, it, it, it was a lot. There was a lot to unpack. There was a lot to rebuild. There was a lot to unlearn. Um, and there was a lot to accept even about myself because we're growing. We're learning about ourselves every time. We're learning how to even interact with other people. And I remember going back into dating, it was like, what do I even say to this boy? <laughs> Honestly, I was like, so if he says this, what do I say? Hi, how are you? Then what? <laughs> what else do we have to talk about? So it was hard. It was hard to put myself in that mindset. And like you said, being vulnerable and being emotionally available as well, because you need to you need to refill your cup or you're pouring nothing out. Um, so there's the there's there's a lot of dynamics when it comes to like dating after being single and you know, working hard. <laughs> like, I know the doctor name is a very respected name and can seem like, oh my gosh, it's so big, but we, we struggling out here. Like, it's hard. It is hard going through night shift, weekends, bank holidays, Christmas, birthdays, all of that, and you're working. You're literally dividing yourself into smaller pieces to try and maintain this dream you had that people have sold to you, that yeah, when you're a doctor, it's fine. Once you have your education, your world is your oyster. But they don't explain how hard it is to create that wing quick soft life that you really want. And so you're married now, as you said, and you spoke about the challenges of being vulnerable. And I think it's so important because people think when you're married or when you're just in a situation, everything should just naturally fall into place. Yeah. And I really like the fact that you've, you've, you know, you've touched upon the fact that even when you do find new love, still every day is still a work in progress. And I think that's good for every situation, because if you feel like, oh, I'm with somebody now, so I've arrived, then it's the beginning of the end. Like it has to be a continuation of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> but, you know, it has to be a continuation of, self-awareness and yes you know checking yourself and yes. you know being still at times and then yes. going back into that situation um yeah well I think I think anyone listening is being in any long-term relationship can definitely resonate with the things that you're saying um so in addition to a new husband you're also a blended family now oh, another so, level yeah, so you're <laughs> from being a mum of one, living yes. with sons, and now you're times two, so your house has, has literally doubled. What is it like? What is it like for, because as I said, you're AKA, like AKA, 
so many different times. <sighs> what has that process been like for you, you know, being married and then now yeah. being a mum of two overnight in, in, in essence? I'm glad you said overnight because that's how it happened. It generally, my cousin was like, there's a name for it. I can't even remember it, but it generally happened overnight. We got married and there was half term. We went on a mini moon because obviously it was still COVID and I came back to a house of four. <laughs> I was like, what are y'all doing here? <laughs> like it was a, a culture shock. It was, I won't say it's hard per se, but it's not easy. You know, um, I'm, like I said, I'm used to doing things by myself, just me and my son. And it's not like oh, it was hard to care for someone else. No, absolutely not. Because I love kids. I love I love my son. And it, I think it was more blending that was difficult. We had to work around that. We all had to adapt. My son had to adapt to share things with another child. As much as he always wanted a brother or a sibling, now you have it here and he's different from you. He spends 10 years because they're the same, similar ages. One is 10, one is 11. So he spent the last 10 years as well with his mom, living a different life, doing things by himself. So both of them interacting was actually, I want to say it was beautiful to see it grow, but they've also had their rough edges, you know, as two boys, they can be stubborn sometimes, but they are friends. And that's what I love about that. And then is that thing of, there's another man who's telling my son what to do. I remember the first time I was like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> who, who are you talking to? You know, I didn't say it, but in my head, I was like, <clears throat> you know, you have to hold your breath for a minute. Um, so that was, that was, that, that was, that was Because I know you want to be like, mama bear is going in, but then so at the same time, you know, obviously that's your husband in the house. And yeah. if maybe your son is running around throwing a ball, for example, I'm not saying that's what it is. Mm. But if your son is running around throwing a ball up and down in the house, mm. it's not only you that should now be able to say, oh, don't throw yeah. the ball in the house. Your husband should of course be able to say, don't and correct yeah. him way the same way that you would and vice versa yeah. now you know, you're in a blended family um you have a new son you know in 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 your house now um you would you wouldn't want to feel like you can't say oh look as you go to the kitchen take your plate with you or so you don't want to feel like you're you're on eggshells in your own that's house. the thing Whole transition to yeah. be able to know yeah. how to do this but you know what? In my head, and that's where the Mama Kate's come from. I am. That's where I go into Mama Kate's mode. I'm. I'm the mother of the house, and that's how I am with my friends. I'm the mother of the group, so it's not hard for. That's the thing. It's, it's easier said than done in certain cases. So it's not hard for me to, you know, to be telling people in this house, and we gonna wash our plates after you eat because the food came freely. You freely wash that plate. But then when it's the other person doing, I'm like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> excuse me hello hello we do it this way but you know what i want to say what was interesting is the idea of being the so-called stepmom mm -hmm. and that's what i want to touch on because i really have to thank um this girl um kk who actually was a winner um a couple of years ago for best instagram page um classified mommy because she started having the let's talk series and that's when i went there and i met other mothers some are birth mothers and some are stepmoms because I grew up with the idea that the stepmom is bad. 
stepmoms are going to be, you're not going to like them. And I told myself, I'm never going to have a stepmom. Or um, like, even in my family, I was like, even when we broke up, I was like, well, whoever is going to be with, I ain't going to like you. I just know whoever that person is, I'm not going to like them. And it's funny how God did it where I am both now. <laughs> I'm someone's stepmom and my son has another stepmom. And um, those sessions really helped me to break those and unlearn those mentality, which are wrong. Because not, not everyone's story is a Cinderella story. You know, not everyone's stepmom is a bad one. And I had to learn that a lot of, the, a lot of these people didn't ask to be in this situation. It's just how life turned out to be. I didn't ask. I didn't design this. No, because that's how I was with my ex for so long. I didn't design that. That Everyone has their dream where the father of your child and you will get married, you'll be happy together and have all the kids that you want. But it didn't turn out to be that way. And it's okay. You have to make the best and the most of the situation that you have at hand. Um, and that's, and I think that I had to go through that because then after when I met my now husband, I was like, wow, like, <laughs> come and see the table turn around. Like, you know, I am now that person. And it really humbled me. It really, really humbled me that, look, never say never. And don't look at anyone down. Don't look at anything saying that person is bad. Well, you don't know them. My son, he respects and loves his stepmom over there. And, and I have a really good relationship with my other son. And I don't, and that's another thing. I didn't, I didn't harbor the, oh, he's your half-brother. He's your stepbrother. No, 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 no. There's too many, even English is a hard language on its own. Don't add words to it. It's your brother, your father, your mother. That's it. That's what we do yeah. in this house. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I love that. And I think um, I think it's really important. We always have perceptions when we're not in the situation. So mm-hmm. you know, before you become a mum, you think you'll never have, you, you know, your child will never have a tablet or they'll never be on, <laughs> on TV or they'll, they'll never have screen time, maybe only on weekends. And yeah. the thing before you become a step-parent or you're in that situation, is that, no, I'll never date anybody with kids or I'll never do... And then you... I said that. Question. And it's so interesting like, to hear, obviously, your your growth in terms of that perception because you just didn't have... Because a lot of that comes out of ignorance. And what I mean, yeah. ignorance is that we just don't know. Like, I know yeah. I've got a lot of ignorant things before I became a mum. Like, <laughs> a lot of, you know, I don't want anyone... Not we to, all. And I think it's the same when we have a blended family. Like before, yeah. when you're on the outside, it's very easy for people to feel like, oh, that could never be me. Or, or you know, this, you know, I've seen too many movies. So, you exactly. know, I've watched Cinderella. We all know what stepmothers are like. When yeah. actually, that's not the case. You get good people and bad people in every scenario in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh. yeah, your situation is, is one that, you know, you're, everyone's working on it daily and it's working mm-hmm. for you guys. And that's all that matters. It's true. It's really true. And, and that's life. Life is there to teach you what a lot of things. It's there to show you that a lot of things you believed as a child um, it's not it's, it's 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 not the reality of plenty of us and also not to look down on yourself because you've gone through it and I think I went through that phase where in my head I grew up with I'm gonna be um I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be a good girl I'm gonna be a virgin till I get married and I'm going to get married with that one man have four children with him and it's gonna be good and look I did everything by the book I went to school, I went to uni, I went to this. I 
I was doing everything by the book. So in a way, without realizing you put yourself on this high pedestal because that's what other people do as well. You know, the culture was putting me on a pedestal because I was the good girl of the family. And then when I became pregnant, it's like, ah, uh, uh, we don't know now, eh? we just have to pray. You know, it's like, it's that kind of thing where you start bringing yourself down because you've not met the expectations of life. You've not, um, you're not living the life the way that it wink wink should, you know? And I think we really need to stop putting ourselves down because then how are we going to have a story? How are we going to achieve those things? How are we going to inspire someone if we don't overcome? But we need to overcome things in our minds before we start putting them into action. So thank you so much. Um, and we are about to wrap up. So thank you so much for your for your story. It's been it's been such a whirlwind because even though you know I met you on the first annual Global Award, that's how we met, like literally. Yeah. And you know, I, I classify you as a, as a friend now, you know, year on year on year, you've come and supported whether or not you've been nominated or and whether you haven't. And obviously I've got I've grown to know you, but even still speaking to you, I've learned so many things about you that I wasn't aware of. Um, so it's been mm-hmm. hearing your story. Um, you've already given the IG handle for Mum's Pride, but if somebody wants to reach out to you personally, where, how can they find you? Yeah, on um, Instagram, I'm at mama underscore Kate. So that K-A-T-E-S. Um, so those are the, my main two pages for now. I might create another one later, but that's it. <laughs> Great. And so we're asking everybody this, and you are also included, right? So describe a glow mama in three words. Go. A glow mama? Um, Overcomer, go-getter, people's person. (laughs) I don't know, you put me on the spot. Great. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much no it really really is and we're just, we're so lucky to have you um so thank you so much for listening to the mama magic podcast brought to you by the glow mama awards please share and rate this podcast and follow us on social media which is glow mama uk on instagram and if you want to keep up to date with all things glow mama head to www.com glowmamaawards.com and remember it's glow without the w and over on our website you can sign up to our free newsletter which is coming out shortly so stay tuned